three points to podcast. You wouldn't want my life to get boring. Hello and welcome to Three Point Two Company, a podcast about Star Wars, X-wing, and more specifically, this episode RPG stuff. Fuck yeah! yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Scott. RPG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, hey, I'm Scott. I'm drinking some Allosaurus Amber Ale from Vernal Brewing Company. It's still tasty. Are we out of beer? I think yeah. we're getting close to being out of beer. Yep. It's never happened. Uh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, shit! Fucking amateurs. <laughs> or we're just drinking them too fast. Uh, hey, uh, today I am joined by Brody. Um, I was positive last episode, but I'm fucking super positive for this one. Because it's going to be amazing. And I'm drinking, if I can find a bottle opener, uh, Boulevard Brewing Co.'s frequent flyer. In Oh, fuck, it's a Pell L. Yeah. All right. This is probably really good, but I'm a weakling. Joining us today is also Stu. Hey, Stu. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? I'm also drinking the Frequent Flyer India Pale Ale. It is the only thing that's here. <laughs> it's quite good if you like hops. It's good. It's fucking really it's grown up. pretty hoppy, yeah. <laughs> he really likes hops, and his name up. is Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I like hops. Uh, I've got a new Utah brewery on the show. This is Two Row Brewing, and it's their Accelerator IPA. Uh, it's breaking our 3.2 rule, but they don't sell the 3.2 beer at the liquor store. You break the rule every time. Uh, you make me do it. Fucking <laughs> 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 Guys, today is a marriage counseling episode. <laughs> but Jesus. solving so many problems by sitting on the other side of the table from me is Eric. We should really sit next to each other more. No, often. you no, shouldn't. Shut the no, fuck up. No. No. Uh, I'm drinking a, a frequent flyer because uh, apparently that's what's left. And of course, our producer, Jed. All right, I got the two-row Accelerator India uh, Pale Ale as well, and I'm going to get fucked shit up on this. Hell's Good thing yeah. have to drive wait, wait, wait. shit up. Fuck <laughs> shit up on this! <laughs> and Twinkles, for another reason, for another episode, for some reason, is uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, uh, I, am I making a mistake? I am drinking uh, yes. Miller Lite uh, a beer. <laughs> So a, yes, a, you are a making 6. a mistake. Six point four percent. No, 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 no. Oh, God, 4. 6.4%. Six point four percent. Anyways, built, built uh, brewed out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His Miller Lite is stronger than all but one beer. Yeah, no, like it's six point four percent. It kind of doesn't matter what you're drinking. It's <laughs> no, five. no, it's four point two. But it doesn't. Oh, oh um, damn it! Anyways, brewed in the uh, good land. Yeah, yeah. So what's up, guys? RPGs. I'm stoked. I love RPGs. I've Woo! Been yes, yes. For Fuck yeah. A jillion years. I'm like an RPG fo- old fogey almost. You're yeah. Like a game master. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've been yeah. running games for like 20 years. Yeah. Well, we've got, got a, a pretty good mix around here. Uh, Mike, how long have you been RPG? So. The first time I played D&D was not until I was an adult, like three years ago. Wow. And it was around the same time I played the Fantasy Flight uh, Star Wars RPG system. However, I I was trying to find this on the internet to post it in the show notes for you guys. When I was in fifth grade, there was an elementary school level Star Wars RPG. It was little books and you had a D6 and a D20 and you just did what the book told you. Oh, man. And there were like 19 or 20 books and you got a new one every month. If I can find it, I'll post a link in the show notes. Loud noises! Hey, Jed, when did you start RPG? <laughs> I, I actually have a very interesting uh, history with that. I rolled it up. I rolled up my first character as like preteen, 
nice. then I had to go home to have dinner and I told my mom that, oh yeah, I'm going to start playing D&D with my friend at my friend's house because his older brother is going to run it for us. And they and didn't let you go back? Satan. My mom said that that was of the devil and didn't let me go back later that night. <laughs> oh, so the bummer. ranger that I rolled up with like nothing below a 15, like my dice Jesus. were hot that night, went to someone else um, after that. Wait, they just took the character that you made? Yeah. It was a good character. Oh, cold fucking blooded. What was yeah. his stacko? <laughs> I don't fucking remember. That was more than yeah. half a life ago. But then it wasn't until like my mid twenties until I did a uh, kind of homebrew D and D podcast based off of Gravity Falls and shit. Nice. You want to listen to that and have your ears bleed because I didn't know how to do any audio shit at that point. Uh, that's Drunk with Dice. Google it and you'll find it. Nice. But then it was a uh, so Star Wars RPG. Theme. Yeah, we have a theme. Yeah, we yeah, have a theme. You have a history of recording a group out of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really good at Safe cleaning up beer spills out of the mics. Oh, God. So, uh, Eric, and I know the answer to this, when was the first RPG you played? Uh, when you guys made me start playing as Chad Blaine on our Star Wars. No, we played one time before that. We did the starter box. We did the starter yes. box, but that's yep. the first time I RPG'd. I, like, actively avoided it because I didn't want to. And uh, I, now I did it. New obsession. I did it out of obligation for the podcast, and now I'm obsessed with it. And then he found amazing. out you can murder people via, through it. Yes, and oh by gravity. Dice. We All forgot to mention are that. Evil. <laughs> we forgot to mention Tater is the murdiest of the murder hobos. <laughs> yeah, he'll grow out of it. No, Maybe. I won't. <laughs> hey, so Stu, you've been playing RPGs for a while. Yeah, I've been playing RPGs since I was ten or eleven. Um, started with D and D. Uh, I made an awesome fighter named Vegeta because I was super creative and original. Stats <laughs> <laughs> uh, all over nine thousand. Took took a break after a year or so of that until college. I met a really good group of people and we played three point five and Pathfinder extensively, and that was super super fun. And I hadn't had a chance to play with anybody after college until. I got here and we started playing RPGs. So it feels kind of like a homecoming because RPGs, tabletop RPGs are just number one on games list for me. Right. And Brody, you're like Eric, right? I am like Eric. Yeah. I've been dying to play them forever. You're also a murder And I have zero friends (laughs) (laughs) until you guys were dumb enough to let me play games with you. Right. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Star Wars RPG was definitely the first thing I played. And now we're playing fucking D&D, Star Wars RPG, Starfinder, maybe. Everything. Um, Yeah. So this is amazing. I'm loving it. And uh, I still hate the Beastie Boys. Yep. Uh, and Kelvin, <laughs> That's a you deep said, cut right yep, there. there. That is a deep Kelvin, cut. Kelvin, you said you've been playing for over 20 years now? Yeah, I... Okay, so I started playing RPGs when I was 12 years old. Uh, a buddy of mine who was in high school, a little bit older than me, uh, but it was in Boy Scouts with me, he's like, hey, uh, we were all into Star Wars, and he, he showed me the... No joke, we're going to talk about this later. The Western Games Star Wars, to be fair, this was the second edition revised, but the Western Games Star Wars role-playing game. And I thought right. it was cool. Like, as hell, I get to be Han Solo. I made... Actually, it's kind of funny that I even continued to play RPGs after this, but the first game I played, I made this Gan Smuggler. My best friend Scott is my co-pilot Trandoshan. We're like this weird lizard version of of uh, Han and Han and Chewie, nice. like you know. <laughs> and, and we 
we're doing an Old Republic game, and this is back when the Old Republic was Tales of the Jedi, the right. comic books. Cam Sarusar and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Ulick Queldroma, mm-hmm. Nomi Sunrider. Anyways, uh, I we're, we're working with Jedi, and I, I, can, I can't remember all of this, right, because this is sort of like, this is one of the most traumatic things to ever happen to me. Um, but really, <laughs> uh, I uh, we're, we're doing something, and I can't even remember why. But two kids who were play- two guys that were playing Jedi just attacked us and killed us, oh, and fuck. that was basically it for the game for that night. And I was just Man. staying over at this dude's house, and I still like I don't remember what we did, but it was awful. And uh, <laughs> I still oh, play role playing games to this day. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but you know, I ended up doing it. I ended up playing another game, uh, same system, and I played a ton of Western games, Star Wars, uh, to the point where I can run uh, the Pirates of Prexia Argenser, which is from the back of the book of uh, the second edition uh, revised book. I have that like stenciled in the back, in like the inside of my skull right i just need to like roll my eyes up oh there it is you know vanguard the bearable pirate lord and here's his map i could probably i could probably i could probably draw the his pirate base if i uh, you know like that's fucking awesome uh, to be fair to be fair i did just run the adventures would be a little bit easier but uh it's almost all it's one of my favorite starting uh, adventures for a star wars game it's perfect um and so i've been i did that then i did uh then i kind of transitioned into white wolf games i ran along uh hunter game i ran along uh vampire game i ran along demon the fallen game um, played in Mage the Ascension. Then, then I got into D and D. I actually hated D and D for the longest time because I was an idiot. And, <laughs> um, and then I started playing D and D, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't terrible. This is fun." And I played nothing but D and D for years. And then, uh, and then I got super weird and got into the Fate system and Apocalypse World. And I'll be, I, I'll kind of, I don't know how far we have to go into like. GM theory and stuff. But if <laughs> if you want if you want to if you want the two greatest chapters on how to be a good GM, especially one that listens to your players and like accepts and good ways to accept and gather player input uh, into your campaign and to, and and for me, what's good about that is that is basically the best way to to get buy into a campaign is to have someone help make it. Then suddenly they own it and they're more interested in it and they're more invested in the campaign. Nice. But the apocalypse world, uh, uh, GM section yeah, or dungeon master worlds, they're both same thing. And, uh, the fake core GM section, campaign builder section are just, the two greatest things you could read. Like if you take anything from this podcast, the seven people that are listening to this, there's seven of us at the table, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, six. He's but, accurate. Uh, well, uh, wish is going to have to sign with the next. Yeah. If you take anything from, from this podcast, please go check out those RPGs. They're, they are either free or easy to find for free. 
uh, on the internet. And those chapters are absolutely incredible. And that changed my entire GM perspective. I'm now a lot more free flow. And anyways, they're absolutely phenomenal. We did, my RPG group did uh, that for a while after I did a 4E game that lasted three years from level one to 17 uh, up in like a Western setting which was fucking dope, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then now I'm back to uh, running uh, FFG Star Wars. Like, uh, And I love this system. I, I know we're going to get into this, but I love FFG Star Wars. It's a perfect combination of it's just enough crunch that you can uh, get into the nooks and crannies of making your character good at something right like you can really kind of modify your because i like that i like i'm i'm a i'm an op i'm um i was when in fourth edition like i was all up in the optimization and i think that there's nothing wrong with that um i think that there's wrong i think it's wrong if it's nothing but that but i think that building an optimized character is fine right. um as long as they got a good story um, so, so i'm gonna interject real but, quick Two, two things. I found that elementary RPG and I posted it in our show notes. It's called Star Wars Missions and there were 20 books. You had the D6 and a D20 and uh, I just figured we all list the systems we've played. I did that silly ass Star Wars Missions one. I've done just 5th edition D&D and the uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars uh, game and I've also done the Fate system that uh, mm-hmm. Kelvin was talking about. Scott, have you done all those? I've done all of those and then some. So like Kelvin, uh, I played a bunch of that White Wolf stuff. Uh, I love yeah. the White Wolf system stuff. I I played a number of Vampire the, the Masquerade games. System, yes. Like I, it, I, I go back and forth on, on that because like, sometimes I liked it and sometimes the rules were overly complicated. You just got to hand wave some of those rules mm-hmm. and just, I love the world. I love the setting at, that at they the, craft. At the time, I wasn't necessarily swell at that, like where, where I am now. Right. Right. Yeah, so I've kind of bounced around, and I have the horrible habit of just buying an RPG system book that I've never seen before, and just like, well, this sounds great. Uh, Big eyes, small mouth, the anime RPG system. <laughs> Hells, yes, I'm going to pick this up. Uh, that should be Hells, a Patreon no, exclusive. that's not staying in. <laughs> that should be a Patreon exclusive. Oh, God. I'm excited to play that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah me too. Just be a gun bunny, right? Yes. That's yeah. Right. Yep. You guys are not speaking English anymore, nope. right? Uh, no. <laughs> Stu, you'd be the only other one around here that's played some other RPG systems, right? Um, I have played some, some of the White Wolf stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played... Some other ones I can't even remember the names of now. I think uh, what Gerps Mouse 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 Guard Mouse Guard. Guard. Yeah, yeah, I played a little bit of that back in the day. Isn't like Mostly D and D and Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly three five and Pathfinder. I played one campaign of four and I hated it. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Okay, so I love fourth edition. I love it. Oh, you love get no it. love from me on oh, that good. one. This is your I, first fight with Stu. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do this weekly. Enjoy. I am one of the four people that liked Fourth Edition uh, because you were a goddamn superhero. Uh, like the, th- the thing I like about Fourth, uh, one, I like tactical. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with tactical, and the idea that like it was bad for role playing or anything like that. That's just your GM. Yeah, like, I that had has a nothing terrible to do GM. with the yep. system. That's what kind of game you run as a player. Like I ran 
a 4E game that was primarily just talking and threatening people as a Western. Like I said, from 1 to 17. Uh, so I think it's mostly your GM. And I thought that I liked the superhero style characters. And I liked the uh, the fact that you had to work together and you had a role to play um, when you're fighting and it kind of gave you an idea of what you had to do in a fight. I, I know that mo- I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I love fourth edition. Love it. I mean, like with all RPGs, who your game master is makes. Yeah. That was, such a, that was a huge influence yeah. on the negativity of the campaign that I played. But most of all, I just, I, it also has specifically to do with me and my preferred character type. I like playing mm-hmm. something weird. illusionist wizards. And in, Fourth edition, Prestigious. the way the rules work, <laughs> the way the rules work, um, there's there's no creativity when it comes to illusions. They're all pre-programmed. There's no such thing as minor or major or programmed image. It's all just this is like an illusion that looks specifically like this and it does lots of damage. But I don't like my characters to actually attack do or do damage. I just like to control. I, I don't know about that necessarily because there's there's a ton of stuff that you can hand wave in that. Like uh, again, I think that that's it. Just depends on your GM. Yeah, and there was there was no hand waving. It was all just <laughs> here's okay. here's all your cards <laughs> for your abilities, and it's basically your hot bar from World of Warcraft. I mean, fourth edition just made it easy to just run it right out of the book. Yeah. So, are there any tricks for it? It was easy. It was easy to uh, it was easy to run. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Like building counters and stuff. A lot faster. Um, but I think it just kind of encourages a GM to just kind of like, yep, here's the encounter, here's the characters, and go. Cut and dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I'd say it's a better system for an experienced GM because the here's the one thing that I did not like about 4th edition. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, this is the rabbit hole. I said 45 minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I think that fourth edition was slower than other editions, like just because of analysis paralysis on your turn. It's because a little crunchy. Had, yeah, you, because you had so your characters were so powerful. Even like a first level fourth edition character is probably somewhere in the seventh to ninth level, as far as options per round. Right. Uh, in like fifth edition, at least seventh. The fact that you had really good. Uh, two always happening badass abilities um and then plus lots like of a once per encounter a once per day yeah yeah um there were the analysis paralysis built into that did slow combat down and to to uh, i would i will say that fourth i like the fourth edition game better than i like fifth edition uh, oh. but it requires it requires good players that know what they're doing and a good GM. And if you don't have that, I think that maybe that's not true. That being said, I will say about fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition feels like more like Dungeons and Dragons, like your expectations of, and the traditions and like the nostalgia of Dungeons and Dragons more than fourth edition. I definitely think it's, I think that fifth edition is the better version of Dungeons and Dragons where I like fourth edition, the game more. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's yeah. no, sorry. I, I yeah. stole five minutes. Of, of, Fifth edition of, has room to grow. Of, of D and D talk, but like, yeah, that is absolutely my take on four. Four. I, I am uh, absolutely. I love four. Four forever. Nice. Well, to get off of our D and D talk and <laughs> sidelong over into our Star Wars RPG stuff, 
that mm-hmm. ostensibly our podcast is more about, right? <laughs> for yeah, now. For, yeah. Now. for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we like them all. So what's everybody's... Yeah, I am running an RPG, Star Wars RPG right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're doing uh, on, on YouTube for the Scum and Villainy podcast. Uh, you can probably, yeah, you could probably check us out on YouTube. I've got uh, Session Zero and I think three episodes in nice. for that RPG. And it's my first time uh, seriously... Uh, no, I did like a kind of sort of campaign before for for this version of star Wars, but it's my first kind of real one I'll say. And I, I love the new system. It's a great combination of crunch where you can modify your characters, where there's a lot of uh, wiggle room and room for, you know, random narration because of the dice system. Uh, and I like that. Sweet. Yeah. We were just going to talk about like our general thoughts about the narrative dice system. Um, <laughs> I mean, for some of us here, I know some of us are not the biggest fans of that. That if, fucker across the table. I just yep. hate everything. Yeah, you just hate everything. <laughs> um, for me, it's because I just keep... We don't play often enough, so it's hard to keep all the symbols straight. So I'm always just like, roll and... All right, which ones cancel which ones? Mm-hmm. That is my problem with it, too, is we don't I just, play them enough. I, yeah. So I, we, I run on roll 20, right? And the greatest thing, but we because we play every other week, mm-hmm. um, and I have a game that I play in every other week that's FFG Star Wars. Uh, shout out to Matt Newt. Um, oh, we we stole like three point two billion credits in that game. Nice. <laughs> nice. Plug, plug, uh, nice. Yeah, and let me tell you, that's the most money I've ever had in a game, and it <laughs> feels incredible. <laughs> <laughs> At that Man, point, you just stop terrible. adventuring yeah. and just like, yeah, all right, no, no, I buy no, no. a mansion. Scrooge oh, McDuck so, from here on out. <laughs> so, it's, so it's an already 66 game where we're all like being hunted. And oh. uh, someone's like, what are we going to buy with that? And I'm like, we're going to buy a fucking rebellion. That's what we're going to buy. Um, <laughs> no, what happens is that the GM just doesn't give you an opportunity to spend it. Just like every time you try and like. No, he's use the he's, money like some mishap happens. Your assets, and, yeah, your assets uh, have been frozen because you're Jedi. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty into the start the rebellion like storyline oh, okay. that kind of came of that. Okay, and I and that's great. Like one thing I will say is that like if you're a GM, you have to be flexible for the story and tell the player's story. Uh, anytime that as a GM you try and tell your story over. The player's story. I feel like that's uh, that's when GM, you lose people. That's a GM mishap, and that like basically kills buy-in. But if you're telling the player's story and you're letting them tell their story, it's you're almost you'll be able to get away with tons of stuff. That um, is so true. Yeah, uh, like the first time that anybody besides me played the FFG system was uh, just at my house one day. We ran the Force Awakens beginner box, yep. right? Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it was a good time. And then we did eight episodes on the podcast of their own characters in edge of the empire. And I'd show up with pages of notes every time. And I was a relatively inexperienced GM. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd run a few campaigns. I think two for my, the, the group that got me started playing D and D. We would also do star Wars every now and then, but you're absolutely right. You need to tell the player's stories. And that definitely showed up God, how in the past pages two of episodes. Notes you have that just didn't ever get used. Uh, maybe not as many as you're thinking, but, okay. but still a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I like to prepare for what the, uh, with the bad guys and what would happen 
if the players weren't there and right. then let the players decide what they do in that environment, um, knowing what the NPCs want to do. Yeah, That's kind of my take on stuff is how I try and plan it. Yeah, we definitely saw the player stories take over in our last RPG episode. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> might, fucking th- real. there might still be hard feelings at the table, even like the party split because of difference in views of, you know, do do we go join the rebellion or, you know, uh, complete the, the mission for uh, for a HUD. It was, it was great. And it drove a lot uh, towards the direction we're taking the podcast now. We we took a vote on which characters our listeners want to follow and um chad blaine one yeah, out there's no way i planned that no like that was yeah. just you guys so playing great. out your characters being, so being, being willing to say yes to that is super important as a gm mm-hmm. um and I mean, that shows that's the difference between a bad gm and a not bad one is are you willing to say yes uh yeah. to a player's idea i mean you can say yes but this is the difficulty of that really crazy idea you have. Yeah. Um, but not just wholesale saying that can't happen. And um, I think um, just a segue in there a little bit with the dice and how I feel about the dice. Um, I don't think it's as hard as we kind of make it out to be to deal with the dice. But what I really love about the dice is it really um, it makes it able for the GM and the players to tell the story mm-hmm. where you can get the player's story with yeah, their dice that's exactly rolls. It. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it. Um, for, that's the one of the reasons why I like it is you make a role and we all kind of interpret what happens. And it's a we thing instead of a uh, me thing as a GM. I, I love player participation, so I don't have to work as hard. Um, I, I think our biggest problem with the dice was that we weren't really playing enough, like in a set enough schedule yeah. that we couldn't really memorize it but if we were to continue going with that that will set in at some point but if you eight times now like, you have a cheat sheet so no fucking like, excuses uh, for I, like <laughs> online I, by now. I like online rollers particularly there's a api in roll 20 uh that will you hit the dice roll and it tells you the fucking results oh, that's right nice. Ooh, so that's you really only nice. see okay. results you don't have to do the calculations, the adding, subtraction, the symbols. It just tells you the symbols. Technology. Um, to be fair, yeah, Rule 20 is pretty I, fucking awesome. To be fair, I can do all of that, but I love not having to because yeah. every time you roll, there is, right? I mean, this is a downside to the game. Every time you roll, you are taking a good 5 to 30 seconds adding and subtracting symbols. Yep. And that does take time away from the narrative. That is a drawback to the dice, the dice system, and I think that's an appropriate drawback or an appropriate criticism of the dice system. Totally, yeah. yeah. But I do like the idea that, you know, in combat, the player gets to decide what to do with his advantages and his, and his triumphs, right? They get to decide what happens in that narrative with those symbols, and I love that. I love anytime I can give players agency – I think is great because it makes the players happy, but on the down low, it's making my job a heck of a lot easier. Right. right? Cause yeah. I don't have to make up what happens. I can just let you make up what happens and you think it's cool that all these badass things are happening. And I'm thinking, Oh, I just got to have a chug a beer. while you're <laughs> doing that. Right, right? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. The players roll the dice and you're like, cool. Tell me what happened as a result of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are you going to spin those advantages? How are you going to spin that triumph? Well, I think that that's interesting. I, I'm the biggest fan of player agency in games. Uh, 
I don't, that's probably going to come across, but I'm like the, I went from not a hippie GM to now I am just like a hippie GM if, uh, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Like I like narrative systems and, you know, player agency and all that stuff. I don't know if that, if that argument's still happening because I haven't been on an RPG forum in like four or five years, but that was a big deal four or five years ago. So that's a very positive outlook on the FFG narrative dice. There are other opinions of it, and I, I don't want to make sh- like drown them out. Um, I I think I don't know. I think it's good for certain things and not good for other things. I'm I'm sort of your counterpoint, Kelvin. I really really dislike the dice in combat, but I think they're really cool for role playing. Yes. Um, I think mm-hmm. they allow a lot of flexibility in like trying to bluff people or use diplomacy and things like that um, or hacking stuff or, you know, that kind of stuff. But in terms of combat, when I have like, when I've made myself have a really good position, I've got a good weapon and I roll and I see I've got a bunch of good stuff. And then I start to have to subtract it all using the bad (laughs) stuff that I also rolled. And it's like, it's like the dice are just against you. It's like you fail no matter what. Yeah, kind of. Like, I mean, there's the the thing I've learned because you know, like I, I said, I'm an optimizer. You can absolutely work that system uh, to your advantage, like from a weird D and D optimization perspective, right? Like you can work it both in teamwork um, as well as uh, working it like on your character sheet. I don't know like how far you guys have gotten into that, but if you want help with that, I am your boy. Um, <laughs> well, some of I us have to roll up new characters coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. At I, least two I, of I you can, do. I can help. I know, I know all the secrets. It's all about <laughs> basically stacking all the good dice and then getting stuff to remove bad dice. Nice. That sounds okay. familiar. Yep. It's almost like X-Wing. There's a lot of commonality between their various systems. I think that Imperial Assault feels like uh, a pared down... It feels like 4E Star Wars, right? That's what it felt like to me, was like... Oh, like face Star, Wars, Star Wars FFG... Uh, you know, the FFG RPG is like 5th uh, edition, and Imperial Assault is like 4th uh, edition. It's what it feels like to me. It's a little bit more tactical, but the system's similar. You've got successes and you've got, you know, tiny side benefits that you can spend and use to your own advantage to either make yourself give an extra maneuver or give your buddy some extra dice, you know, and that you can optimize that way. You know, one thing you guys never did as players, I don't think, is give your buddies extra dice with your people. Advantage. People, oh, man, oh, we, we were the that? scummiest, I selfish. I didn't know like, you could do that. I would have done it. See, see, that's the thing. I think that a big deal is to when you're in when you're in combat. I think it's important to have. Uh, I, I give this to all my players: is look at this fucking sheet, right? This is the sheet of every action you can take and every maneuver you can take, and this is how you can spend all your advantages. Spend your advantages to do shit, right? Uh, if and you can do some really powerful effects. Even if you fail, if you get a shit ton of advantages, the counterpoint is to that is I'll typically do the same thing with threats. But, <laughs> nice. So you're saying but, use the cheat sheet that our that Mike, our GM, gave us, and then yes, also yes. use the goddamn destiny points. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes okay. Also, I'm that's not going to reprint that sheet out for you guys. So I hope you saved it. <laughs> still have it. It, yeah, I, I might have it. Have it. Um, really quick, I wanted to ask because it sounds like we've mostly played Edge of the Empire. I don't think you've played anything else, right, Mike? I, Just I, Edge? I've done uh, a Force and Destiny campaign. But have you played all three of the Star Wars settings? I know it sounds like you did uh, Force and Destiny and Edge of the Empire. but No, uh, he was just saying this Scum and Villainy campaign. You're doing like a race squadron kind of thing, right? Yeah, so... So, so you're I using am... Age of the Rebellion? Okay, so let's put it... I'm so weird. Are you um, doing all three? Ooh. I'm doing... Actually, the game has elements of all three. Because to me, it's one system. It's like White Wolf. They're all compatible. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, uh, the Jedi does have morality that we keep track of. And then I do both obligation and duty for each character oh, man. because because they're washouts and fuck-ups, but they're working for the Rebellion. So they have things that pull them away from the Rebellion, and they have like dark sides to their character, and that's their obligation. But then they also have duty to the Rebellion. So it's sort of a dichotomy that I like to play with in, in session. That's fine. Sweet. Sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I need to watch those episodes. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I have criticisms of my own game. I wanted to bring this up in this uh, in this uh, podcast as opposed to the X-Wing one. Uh, my criticisms for the game, because I'm hypercritical as a GM, uh, I, unless, for the most part, I'm pretty forgiving of GMs that are trying to to be, you know, pro player story. But if you're a railroad GM, I am the most judgy bitch of all time. <laughs> I just am. Yes, yes. And I know that of myself. And so I have to, only certain people can run games for me. Um, but uh, in my game, and I'm just judgy just as, as a GM because I've been doing it for a billion years. Uh, in my games, they're good. And they're high quality, but I'm, my mistake so far has been running them as if they're a weekly game when if they're not a weekly game you shouldn't get tied into the minutia and you should speed the fuck up no, um, that's a good idea right yeah. so uh if you're you you shouldn't do three encounters you should take over a fucking planet um and 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 if it's a if it's a game that doesn't see as much time so that way you feel like you're accomplishing stuff mm. um that's kind of my take on that and i always feel bad uh when like this last time we spent the entire time starship fighting and we didn't finish i mean we had a good time right and the and, the, and it was engaging and the players were having fun with it but i feel bad because they their characters didn't accomplish anything and and not i mean not really i mean they and it's they like two them. weeks and five yeah. minutes in game happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and i and i feel like they should be accomplishing things every single time and it's my fault for not pushing the pace not fudging mm. dice and making things blow up you know like not, maybe not suing for peace like stuff like that to make them do more stuff I completely agree and for our regular RPG listeners that's how Chad Blaine managed to kill somebody in one shot his <laughs> 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 oh, ability <laughs> you just ruined the illusion oh, fucking so, Chad Blaine so the game's been good uh, I just personally like because I always like to look at like what can I do better um, I always try and I think I need to push that pace forward and start and maybe design my encounters a little bit 
easier. Um, and if I'm going to make it lethal, I need to make it more lethal with bigger dice, maybe than lots of dice. Um, there's like subtle stuff like that, that I'm still improving, but in the end, I'm, I'm pretty damn proud of what, what I'm doing. Awesome. Um, so also for today's episode, we were lucky again. <laughs> Super lucky. Because we're always lucky that FFG's dropping previews. And I'm really excited about this because um, everybody that I know that played Star Wars RPG always talks about this. They announced the new uh, West End reprint that Fantasy Flight's putting out. Um, it's super cool. It looks awesome. Yeah. No. Like, I never so, played any of those, yeah, but I got a bunch of source books. I've read Who has played uh, FFG or Western game Star Wars? I have not Justin? played it, but uh, when I was when I was younger, like my cousin had it, and we both like read parts of the book, but we were like too young and dumb to understand. Do you guys want? Do you guys want Uncle Kelvin's story time on <laughs> why this is a big deal? Yes. All right, all right. So this is why Western Games Star Wars is so such a big deal, and why we're releasing it is a big deal because our the there is no extended universe without this game system. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is true. And I, I do know about that. Yeah, yeah. I have heard about that. Yeah. yeah. That's why, that's why it's important and why it deserves to be re-released for its history alone. Uh, basically, I, I mean, Timothy Zahn took these books and incorporated that stuff into his novels. And, yeah. A lot of things named were from from these books. Uh, a lot of the core concepts that they use for the for the storytelling team, I don't know what they call it, uh, but you know the Pablo Hidalgo runs. story group. Uh, yeah, the, that a lot of those core concepts are, and he said this himself, are stolen from you know like the sto- the storyteller section in the book, like Kraken's um, threat gra- guide and other like things. Yeah, like that. but uh, so much stuff was actually invented. Uh, by Weston Games, and so that makes them really important to a lot of the stuff you love in Star Wars. Additionally, the system uh, it has some flaws to it. I mean, there is there is the ability to min max that system. Let me tell you, as someone who's ran a lot of that game, there it isn't uh, as balanced as it could be. And there are flaws there, but if you're doing it, honestly, it's actually a very good system, a very narrative system and a very quick system. I'm a big fan of it. I think it runs starship combat a little bit better than FFG's version runs starship combat. Although neither of Hmm. them really do a great job. Well, you know, Um, now, now that you've said that, I'm definitely going to try to dive into this because that's my biggest problem with the FFG FFG. system is the starship combat. It's too abstract and takes too long. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let me tell you, like the last session we ran was three hours of us running one starship combat, which, and it's not finished Uh, to be fair. It was fun. Uh, But it, it, that is something that is there. I'll tell you, uh, the one thing I have an issue with the FFG system is the uh, laser tag. It feels like or missile tag. Um, and so I have to even do it to where the ships always have like a wingman that can take damage for him and die for him. <laughs> Not to mention the astromech rules how to stay on target. I don't know. Like, so I did prefer their version of it. Although then 
even it's abstract and it's kind of hard to keep track of. It's just I don't know why we can't have a good starship or starship combat rules for Star Wars. I've never seen a good version of it. Hmm. I mean, although I didn't really play super into Saga though, so I don't know if it was better. Is that the D20 version? Yeah, that's the, the D20 the, version. Uh, when I was getting ready to run a game, I was preparing to just homebrew up a combat system using X-Wing. Hey, there is there are X-Wing conversions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, Philip Mead, who does Shuttle Tidarium, uh, he has a really cool version where you basically run X-Wing, but you have a pilot talent tree that gives you X-Wing abilities. Right. Uh, yeah. When you for the specializations, and I thought that was pretty cool. I ended up not wanting to do that because I didn't want to get too because I didn't want to spend three hours doing just a spaceship combat. But here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Western Games Star Wars is just it really is like an absolutely really cool system. And one thing I'll say about the books that I really appreciate is. They would do stuff like do like company advert Star Wars company like sign our fleet systems or Incom. They would do advertisements in between like the pages. Yes, oh, um, awesome. Which is really cool. Um, they had it's just I think a lot they, of flavor. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had a lot of they had, like wanted posters for like Luke and Han Solo. That's cool. Um, like they had a lot of really cool. Like I think the Lebo the. the not Lebo. Uh, who's the who's Lando's Lobot. Lobot. They had the Lobot like cyber dude company like had <laughs> an advertising like that kind of stuff. I always thought was the coolest thing. Um, I don't know. Like that was the to be fair. Like I have a lot of nostalgia built in because that was the first RPG system I ever ran or and and played in. But like that that system was hugely important uh, for both Star Wars and RPGs in general. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth it. Uh, I want to pay money for it just so they maybe produce more stuff. And I doubt they'll ever do that, but I mean, yeah. if it's a huge, if it's a huge hit, who knows? You know, well, if it's know. a huge hit, the, you just start re-releasing some of the old books. Yeah. Right? The preview makes yeah. it sound like it's just this, but you know, if they make a lot of money, I'm sure that they'll be like, Oh, uh, what? Thing I'll I get, will is say is, uh, the, the, I mean the, the sector I'm running for the FG star Wars book or the FG star Wars game I'm doing now is, uh, the Elrude sector, which is from, uh, planets of the galaxy, like volume three, which just came out in 1992 and I didn't even do this on purpose, but it just so happened. Like, but the adventure look, the campaign guide that I'm using is from the Western game Star Wars. Like, there's a bunch of good stuff in there. They have good adventures. Um, it's, I don't know. It's a damn good system. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's <laughs> awesome. I, I'm excited to, to grab it, and we might do you know a side adventure off. in it or yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'm all about guys, it. Hey, if you guys want to do Pirates of Prexiar, I will run that. <laughs> You've got it memorized. Um, let's right, fucking do it. Uh, that's yeah. recorded. It's on the record. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, 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 I, I said I, it. I can't take it back now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Everything's true on the internet. 100% let's do it. So in, yeah, the pa- in the past few weeks, there has been one other RPG announcement from Fantasy Flight Games. They're basically taking the Star Wars narrative dice system and putting it into a more open world. They call it the Genesis system. They slightly change up the symbols from the Star Wars dice. Right. But effectively... They all mean the same. Did they, did they misspell it like Terminator? Yes, Yeah, they basically. Did. Okay. It, it, it's, it's the same narrative dice concept, but there's a core book coming out that can apply it to sci-fi hmm. or... Uh, 
There's all there's like yeah. high fantasy, steampunk, sci-fi, anything that it's you want to like do. It's like a broad template for kind of anything you want to run. And mm-hmm. all of our previous admiration and criticisms of the dice system apply to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the same dice. But yeah. I think it's pretty cool because this core book is going to be uh, really sweet because they're going to have stuff um, like ideas or um, like even maybe individual races and stuff specifically to the different worlds or the different concepts from modern day to weird war to fantasy. So now you can have an elf in your Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can do crazy stuff. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, It it looks like we're going to have some really good narratives with this, like just storytelling wise. So one thing I'll say about like this system in general is uh, if if you want a game that it that has the ability to be uh, gamed a little bit, you know, like because you game Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like you try and get advantage to cast yeah. your spells to like get out to out game the uh, the NPCs or the enemies, either socially or or in combat, right? Uh, you're out. You're basically gaming the system when you're playing the game, and I think that. This system has elements of that, yeah. With uh, how, what dice pools that you can put together, and how you can, you know, basically make a massively good dice pool for your situation. Uh, and but it is narrative in the sense that the narrative dice do end up telling a story when you roll them. Uh, so it's kind of a nice middle ground. I think it, along with like Savage Worlds, is a nice middle ground in between. Very crunchy systems like Dungeons and Dragons and highly narrative systems like uh, Apocalypse World. Yes. And I, yeah. and I like that. Program. Sweet. I'm excited. I mean, no, this is going to be yet another core book that I buy. Yeah. I'm going to get it and uh, do something with like, Maybe not you guys, but the other. Oh fuck oh, you! We're then. Not <laughs> <laughs> the people that introduced me to these types of games yeah, and uh, real free friends. time do you have, sir? No, <laughs> when the kids like when this comes out, the kid will be manageable. Hopefully, we hope. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil what I was going to do anymore because fuck you guys. And uh, <laughs> no, tell us. <laughs> Are you just gonna run riffs? No, no. Uh, really, uh, my wife and I talked about it. we're going to maybe do like a Lego Dimensions oh, type thing yes. where oh, you yes. can just yeah. take characters from different franchises and shove them together nice. into Ready you know, Player One map. the RPG. Yeah, kind of like that. All right, that sounds great. Yeah, so wish be we, jealous, bitches. Wish we could play. Y'all, <laughs> y'all want in on my exclusive Mighty Max campaign? Fuck yes, <laughs> yes, I, I do. do. I was say, this, this would actually I'm be gonna a be better adaptation. I'm going to be a third adaptation. level weird owl dude. <laughs> this would be a better adaptation for my uh, um, Gravity Fall shit that I yeah. do. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to this I mean, that's the thing to get it. hype about this Genesis system is you can basically probably take any franchise you want that doesn't have an RPG system and roll it up into this. Yeah. Fuck John Wick. Yeah, John Wick. Not Jan Fick. We talked about like the Doctor and Ash Williams together. Oh, and uh, then yeah. okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Great, I already man. have the book for you. It's called Big Eyes, Small Mouth. Fuck off. Shit looks fun. Shit looks fun. Check out our Patreon All exclusive. Right, moving on Big to our D and D section. <laughs> Yo, what's going on with D and D? What is you know, going, going on, on with D and D? So we are playing that shit. We are running a couple of campaigns right now. Um, we are 
doing a test run on recording a setting. We're using the Yawning Portal campaign. Well, it's not even really a campaign oh. book. It's like a supplement. But Jesus uh, Christ. We're taking the seven adventures out of that and stringing them together and linking them together with an overall narrative, uh, hook. narrative hook that we've sort of collectively pitched in on. Yeah. It Which looks really cool. Just, <laughs> and it's to the point you were talking about earlier, Calvin, where you get all the players together and collectively build something and it just builds the ownership. That's a, uh, that's, uh, have you guys talked about zero sessions yet? Yeah, we haven't, I mean, but zero sessions are important. That's the prequel episode that you make that is just talking about your character and building a group together and figuring and, out all that and stuff. And the campaign in general, yep. like, yep. gets everybody on the same page. Like, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, if you're going to run, that. if you're going to run a game for more than a one shot, you should do a zero session just to get everybody on the same page and basically building their party and the campaign together. So you're all on the same page and know what's up. Um, you all have ownership. It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Great. That's I'm yeah. huge on that. I like that. I think, I mean, we did a little bit with the original star Wars game. We were going to run with Scott. Yeah. Yep. And it, it was really fun. We came up, we kind of like switched up the ideas of all our characters. While yeah, we I mean, there. it's, it's the thing That's that good. I've, That's good. Yeah, the way I've come to start wanting to run games is I will tell my players Hey, uh, bring like two to three character concepts, not like fully fleshed out characters, like concepts and ideas. We're all going to get in a room and we're going to figure out what the party is and we're going to pitch our ideas and we're going to come together and what makes sense together and then start building shared backstories and trying to build like a funnel to where the campaign can start. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's this so you don't blindside your DM with an evil character they didn't know was in the party? Yeah, that's a bad idea. And I'm of the opinion that, that everybody everybody should know that you're an evil character. <laughs> and, okay, yep. here's the reason why. is I think that, um, that that kind of player conflict is fucking weird and almost always negative. But if someone knows that you're a bad guy, yep. they'll like look the other way if you're doing something entertaining, right? Like they will let yeah, you be actually. a bad guy if you know if they know you're a bad guy and they think it's funny. Yeah. Right? Uh, like your yeah. job as a player is also to entertain the other players. And so if they know that you're on that, they will try They'll try and be entertained by that. I don't know. That's that's well. Everybody but the GM knew I was an evil character. So yeah. So <laughs> the, the the long and the short of that is we drove to a, a store championship in Idaho, which is like a four hour drive, and so we decided to do a D and D campaign in the car. <laughs> I always offer. And, I always offer to run one shots for people in the car, and no yeah. one ever lets me do it. I'm like, I like, do you know who the fuck I am? Like, <laughs> so, well, the problem we ran so into is our DM was our driver, and so that got uh, <laughs> it worked just fucking. None fine. of us died, so it was fine. No, I, it was not, not even so. close to dying. It was great, but yeah, in the middle of the campaign, I'm like, wait, what's your alignment? As he's fucking like pushing a dead body off of the. <laughs> 
the roof of a building onto a crowd of innocent people. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I wasn't there for any of this. This is no. so I'm like, what is your alignment? Evil. I like, this, like, what kind of evil? I cut this person's evil, pinky evil. toe off and a crowd saw, and then I tried to threaten them and failed the threatening them. <laughs> of course you so did. So I kicked a dead body onto him Even and worse. then had to run away from the guards. Even worse, he had a bag of pinky toes that he was collecting. I had yeah. to get a pouch later. <laughs> he was super fucking evil. <laughs> well... Well, he paladin at that party. <laughs> God. Even more serendipitous for us, I guess, is yesterday D and D Beyond. Yeah, God, we are so good and at it scheduling. Is so good, <laughs> we are so lucky. Awesome. I know. We knew better it was lucky coming. than good. Hell yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like, um, or I mean, at least because you're using Roll Twenty for your um, your Star Wars RPGs, and kind of D and D Beyond is kind of like the in between between Roll Twenty. Uh, a little bit like it gives you the online yeah they still haven't added all of the features in yeah there's not all the features and you're not necessarily role playing on D&D Beyond but it's like you're you can keep your character sheet there um you yeah, have your like all your books resource. and stuff it's all your resources it's really awesome for DMs like you can if you buy a module book you've got like the section like oh here's the description of where everybody is and here's what's around oh and there's potentially this monster that they'll encounter if you just hover your cursor over the monster it has a little pop up that just floats above your cursor that shows all of their stats nice and it's you know, like shit like that you can do that with magic items yeah. and you know general rules it's really awesome yeah i was super excited cuz i just thought oh it'll be a nice place to keep our character sheets and kind of keep a general idea of our com- our campaign and it's it's way better than I was prepared for. Like it's gonna streamline the game quite a bit. Um, and I guess I'll just have to buy a tablet. Yeah, because <laughs> my phone's too small. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I keep buying Starfinder books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would love to see you know this idea kind of branch out to the other uh, games to have a better. Uh, I don't know, we just call it more robust online options that really streamline the pen and paper side of it. Because I know a lot of times when I'm playing, and it's probably because I'm a new uh, RPG player that I spend a lot of time like flipping through my papers, like, where did I write that down? What mm-hmm. what did I do? Um, so I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Anybody else have any thoughts about that? I still need to dig into it and look at it and check it out and see. I've looked at it just a little bit, but from what I've seen, it just makes, you know, uh, just keeping your character sheet together and updated, especially if there's a group of you playing together. I I like everything I've seen so far. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They've got all kinds of cool streaming features that they've that that they've said talked about. Right. Yeah. And those sound great. Yeah. Yeah, Like the ability to like you as the viewer of the stream can hover over all kinds of like interactable pieces on the UI. So like, Oh, there's this player. Crazy. So you can scroll your cursor over this player's character name and it'll show you their current hit points and any status ailments they've got. And like all that stuff's going to be integrated into Twitch. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, as a kind of like side note on this, uh, Kelvin, you guys are using Roll20. Are you guys streaming that live or are you just doing it yeah, directly yeah, to yeah, YouTube? Yeah, yeah, we stream on Twitch every other Sunday night at 8 Central, um, which is terrible, but it's the only night that we all could get together. So I'm like watching Game of Thrones at like 11 because I'm not going to be the guy who doesn't wa- go, who doesn't watch Game of Thrones on yeah. like going in on Monday because it'll be spoiled. Yeah, trying to You'll avoid spoilers. No, I do the spoiling. Stu's going to be so angry. Man. You just like incorporate yeah. it into your uh, campaign right then and there, like you're yeah. watching on the side. Uh, yeah, and then the dragon comes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
not to be but, too much of a tangent, but I know for a number of years, uh, a number of like stations in EVE Online, the name of the station was like Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> so it's just like if you want to do business in this sector you better have read the books <laughs> God. so tell me a little bit about Roll20 I know that we played a little bit Roll with this and we had a hard time great. using it but you know all of us were brand new to the uh, concept but I think it looks awesome especially the map integration with your party is really cool uh, tell, me, tell me about your guys' experience with it I uh, have been running games. Let's put it this way. It's more often than not, I'd say it's probably about 70% to about 30%. Unless the game requires no maps or, or, you know, and I'm just making it up. I run games over the table on Rule 20 um, just because I prefer Mm. having the maps up there. Uh, and having people's characters, I can pre-make my uh, my monsters and dungeons. I did this for 4E, so all I have to do is click buttons to roll dice, and I don't have to keep track of everything. It's already there and organized. Um, hmm. I will say that there is a little bit of a learning curve to Roll20, yeah, like any program you use, but um, I, I love it uh, just because of the amount of organization you can do in it. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Of uh, of roll twenty, it's just you gotta you gotta kind of get used to it. Gotta kind of get used to how to make macros for your characters, so you're not just clicking dice when you're rolling. Mm. You can just say, "This is my like for to use D and D for example. You build in uh, a, a macro that uh, does your attack da- attack roll with advantage. So whether rego- actually for starters for fifth for fifth edition it's so easy i've not run it for fifth edition yet i've played in fifth edition i've only played probably five six seven games of fifth edition but for fifth edition it's great you have your character sheet built in there um you can just click on your ability that you're doing and it'll roll it with advantage and the damage so you can set check if yep. you hit you can check if you hit with advantage and you can see your damage. And that's freaking amazing. Um, building mm-hmm. in your NPCs to just click a dice for click a thing for an ability that rolls it and pops out a description. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff um, I think is great. I'm a big fan of, um, but it depends on your game. Like I'm the type, I like tactical stuff. So I think it's better to preload that in. Um, and roll 20 is great for that. Awesome. It's also really good for like if you're if you can't all get together, but everyone can be at home on Discord it's, and stuff. Rule twenty has made like the Skype game yeah. much better. I think yeah, that's Dude, kind of I, what D and D trying to go for the D and D Beyond because like Roll twenty is taking up a huge portion of money that they could be making. Right. Yeah. So. I uh, I run like I said I run games where everyone is at my house, but we use my TV as a table. Just because Shit. the map looks better, because I can't fucking draw, <laughs> and um, and everybody's got like they they give me a portrait of their character, and I run it through token tool, and uh, they, and then they have a August circle icon for their name. character, yeah, 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 and they've got a little token for their character up on the board, and that's better than anything they could draw, unless they can draw, then they can send me the PDF, and it's on there with a the dope ass map. I mean, it makes it makes everything look good. Not to mention for Star Wars, this is something cool. I've got uh, I've just been when I get bored at work, 
Uh, oh, my boss isn't listening. He's not going to listen to this. No one's listening to this. Yeah, Unless there's I, eight people will, listening, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will go I will go through and add uh, sound effects and music and stuff uh, to where all of that stuff I can do custom and just fire off. So I've got like X-Wing, like fucking laser noises. I've got enters hyperspace and stuff. And I can click the button and they go into hyperspace and they do a fly they do a Maverick flyby and they buzz the tower and I got something for that. Like I God love damn it, Maverick. Oh, that's yeah, really yeah, ominous. That oh. Yeah. <laughs> so and the moral for this story is we just need to get better at some roll twenty. We just need yeah, to yeah, yeah, if you need some help guys, let quitters. me know <laughs> If you want some help, let me know. Well, I'm hey, big... when you run that campaign for us, we'll do it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, here's the the cool thing is, I have uh, I have it built. Uh, I, I have two modules built for it. I have one built for FFG, and I've got one built for Weston Games uh, for either of them. So I'm ready to go like now. Like we could. <laughs> We could go now. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Like I'm gonna go watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was gonna say now. you're 45 minutes is well over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, you got me talking about RPGs, and like, like I said, I like RPGs more than I like X-wing, um, and I really like X-wing. It's just like RPGs are like kind of part of who I am. Like I told my wife, like uh, I'm not gonna be like my friends who I know, who used to play role playing games with me, but don't anymore. I'm like that's untenable. Like that is not the relationship that we're going to have. I'm still going to run role playing games and stuff. Now I'm willing to sacrifice and let you do whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh, and I, but I'm still doing this. And my wife's dope, so she loves. She doesn't care. But <laughs> still, like, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. cut that out for you and just send it to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like, like so, she's great. <laughs> That's cool, but like that's something that I'm never gonna stop doing. Although I might have to start running more online in Roll Twenty, but in the end, like that's not a that's not a bad thing. One thing I will say before I go on when it comes to online role playing is uh, I, in some regards, if the true purpose is to tell a story about characters and to tell a good story and to, to and to have like a role-playing experience like uh, i actually find online is better um for role-playing because there's less distractions and uh you're a little bit more focused uh i will say that it does lack the everybody all our buddies get together and the social aspect of it does is a little bit worse uh, online but if you want to if you're just there to tell like the best story you can like Doing it online, I think, in some regards, is better. Um, just a, that's kind of my take on that. It's kind of what I found running games online and in person. That's uh, kind of the difference I found between the two. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All, All right. Well, so, do you guys have anything else for me before I go? Because no, 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 before you go, hey, before you go, though, what else can you do? You need to plug some stuff. I mean, you've got your RPG. You said Sunday nights, eight o'clock central on Twitch. What uh, Twitch channel is that? Uh, it is Twitch. Let's see here. I'm going to find this out right now. Um, <laughs> Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv uh, slash Scum and Villainy Podcast. And uh, we do uh, Star Wars FFG every other Sunday. Uh, it Today is the 16th, so it will not be this Sunday. It will be the next Sunday at... Uh, the 27th, 
So if you want to see me run a game and put my money where my mouth is, uh, yes. check. Yeah, I want to start. If we start getting a Twitch following, I want to start letting Twitch uh, decide. Uh, like Twitch uh, my plays government. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you guys get to be the GM a little bit. So uh, we'll see if how that works. Other than that's that, awesome. um, uh, that's it. I mean, pimp, uh, props to Kansas City uh, Pawn and Pint, the uh, local game store I play at. Um, they have a really big D and D following. So if you want to play D and D in Kansas City, go check it out there. Anyways, other than that, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Well, thanks for being yeah, on. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on. Then we're just going to wrap up our own social media. Hey, Brody. All right. Oh, I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones. Talk to you All guys right. later. See you, dude. Thanks, man. Hey, check out our social media. Uh, we're at Facebook, facebook.com slash 3.2 company. Twitter at 3.2 company. Instagram at 3.2 company. Please, for the love of God, send me some emails. I am at home all day and I want you to talk to me. 3.2 company at gmail.com. Spell out the point in all of that. You've got to spell out the point. Send me your crazy stories, either RPG stories reading. or crazy X-Wing stories or mm-hmm. fucking just crazy story that happened to you downtown. Yeah, what happened when you walked to 7-Eleven yesterday? Yeah, you know, I will <laughs> dramatically read the fuck out of that I mean, that if story. we don't start getting some emails, I'm going to have Brody read like Okay, we get spam. emails. Okay. Uh, 3.2 family. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's more. a funny bit, Mike. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. See, I was going to say, I'm going to have Brody read our staples.com spam email. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> PayPal, like, charged us 20 cents today. <laughs> I was going to say 3.2 fanfic, Rad. but, you know. Yeah, but it has to be greetings. not sexual. Tater? Yeah. Uh... Check out our Apparently art director. Apparently we're wrapping this shit up. <laughs> yes, we <Peter. laughs> Check out our art director, Heather Mahler. You can find her by Googling Heather Mahler. She's nice. on all the social medias, uh, Twitter as Heather Lime, and Instagram is Heather Mahler 88 Those are the two that she's most active on. Okay. She'll also be at Salt Lake City Comic Con. Come buy shit from her. Uh, yeah, her she's great. got dope art. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, by the way, guys, don't forget to check out Tuesdays and Thursdays on Twitch. Uh, that is our TIE Fighter Tuesday and Temp Worker Thursday, where Jed and I will be playing various video games. Where we say, screw uh, tabletop games and go video games. Video yeah. games. I don't know. Maybe I'll just set up like a webcam and just, just like record me like reading RPG books. Don't yeah, do that. That sounds One terrible. of these days, it'll just be an unboxing. A really slow unboxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going um, to be diving into uh, PUBG, Player Unknowns. Oh, yeah? Battlegrounds. Hell yeah. yeah. I think I got that figured out to a cool. stream. That Sweet. game is all the hype. It's right all the now. rage right now. Uh, yeah. I'm Get probably going to play a bunch of Jedi Outcast for Ooh, the foreseeable yes. future. Uh, and Jealous. that game looks fun. It's uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stu. Yeah. Uh, where can people get our swag? Uh, you can get our swag at our store, which you can find on our uh, website, 3.2company.com. And we have a few items for sale right now. The list will expand as time goes on. For the time being, we have Duchess alt art cards uh, made by our illustrious art director, Heather Mahler. Uh, those are five bucks. You can get an alternative dial fidget spinner. Spin this, not dials. Never uh, forgive, never forget. Never. For $10 on its own. Or you can get both a Duchess and an alternative dial fidget spinner for $12. 
That's right. And if you don't want to just uh, support us by going to the store and buying our stuff, you can just throw us like a dollar if you want on our Patreon page. Uh, Patreon.com slash 3.2 company. We've got tiers from $1 up to 15 or 20 where you can be a guest on the show. We're going to give some shout outs to our uh, permanent high rollers there. We've got Caleb, who's been on the show already and will be again. <laughs> We've got uh, LTP Wargaming and Dylan Smith, our newest high level patron. Uh, thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, uh, Wargaming. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, LTP. I'm sorry. I LTP Wargaming. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, that has been 3.2 Company with our awesome guest, Kelvin. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. I do not apologize for our behavior. I do. Wait, what? Awesome. We'll, so cool. we'll also post a link of like sexy young Mike. <laughs> oh, Fuck, no. dude, that's a new altar Sm- card. Smoldering right there. hot like high school Mike is <laughs> amazing. That did not you sound that? creepy at all. <laughs> I said high school Mike, Mike in high school. Holy shit, that dude, was hot. You've seen that picture? Like the oh, sexiest band major I've ever seen. <laughs> is it called band major? Drum major? Yeah, what the oh, fuck? You were ever. not a vessel. Okay. Get the episode. Whatever. Yeah.